Hello, everybody, and welcome to Can Peaches, a Deadwood podcast. Uh, I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and we're going to introduce ourselves going around to the right. I'm Rob O'Neill. I'm Quick Draw, Dan Corbett. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, we are here to discuss uh, Season 1, Episode 2 of Deadwood, titled Deep Water. Uh, and we'll start with uh, just some bits of business. We did get a uh, review uh, from someone today. We got a review from uh, Left Handed Reviews, uh, who says, uh, a couple of guys who don't wind up talking uh, talking over each other at the same time, too often, uh, who clearly love the show, uh, give a nice review of the reunion special. They promised to review the episodes, and I'm sure they'll do as good a job as their Game of Thrones pod, uh, so I'm ready. And subscribe. Now get to work, you loopy fucking hoopleheads. Minus the fucking. Um... Yeah, we uh, just put up that first episode, so this person was uh, very nice and patient with us as we uh, had a little bit of downtime before we got to that one. Um, what else did I want to say? Uh, go to patreon.com uh, slash watercooler. If you like the podcast, throw a few bucks our way. Uh, these podcasts that we do only cost money. There is quite, There's almost literally nothing coming in. Uh, so if you have even a dollar to spare, uh, you won't even notice it's gone each month. Uh, so that's pretty easy to do, and we appreciate every penny. All right. Uh, so we'll start with our first impressions of Deep Water, Episode 2. Uh, Rob, what did, you, what did you think? It's good. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Still meeting characters and stuff. It's great. Yeah. You're, you're talking as if you have not seen it. Like, the show? Yeah. Like, what's Deadwood? I've seen it many times. I've seen it, like, three or four times before, and then I just, I skimmed it again today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny. Like, mm. I liked it. Uh, yeah. It was good. I liked the yeah. part where the guy <laughs> got in trouble. Yeah. With the old Western stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan. I mean, I I really liked it. I, <laughs> I, I feel like, the, so the conventional wisdom seems to be, and you... Rob were sort of made me eat some shit last time when we talked about the pilot because you're like, ah, oh, the pilot's not. I was like, the pilot's great. It's perfect. And you're like, the show really picks up later, which is probably true. And that seems to be the conventional wisdom. But yeah. I was like, um, I think I do feel similarly to you, Rob, where it's like, it is looking back after seeing all the episodes, like it's, it's still pieces falling into place, but mm -hmm. it's like really fun to watch them fall into place. And there's like a, for a show that, plot isn't always the most important but mm -hmm. like there always is like a, an arc thing it's it feels very like it's about to be super plot heavy which is kind of interesting yeah we That's basically true. uh pick up right where we left off too uh more or less uh we don't know exactly how much time has has passed between the first episode and uh the second episode but not much not much at all no that's a uh, milch thing right it's he nypd blue would have episodes where they were like kind mm -hmm. of just go like this is just a couple days in a row yeah and i love that about deadwood yeah mm -hmm. i think it's the exact i think it's the same morning that uh bullock and yes uh, oh yeah, yeah right. it was it's yeah. later in the afternoon because he's like he he's talking to <laughs> EB. he's talking to the farm he's like the shooting and he's like this morning he's like yeah, he's, yes the, the one at sun the one at sun up yeah the one at fucking sun up mm. yeah uh yeah i i liked it it was a good episode. Uh, yeah, we're definitely still meeting some people. I love the just kind of rolling right into uh, into things. And we've talked about that uh, just now and, and before with uh, uh, seeing the different 
bruises. We we watched the healing process yeah. take place over uh, several episodes from a punch in the face um, and a and a boot to the throat, uh, as is the case with Trixie. Uh, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. All right, let's move to uh, just talking about the the episode. Uh, I have all of the uh the the plot points uh and just kind of beats of the of the show but what stands out to you what are some things that you uh that you liked well there are great moments even between i mean there's sort of we have a huge blow up between or i guess compared to later in the series not necessarily hugest of blow ups but a nice big blow up between uh bullock and swearingen yeah and like that lines being like further drawn between the two of them and they can't argue there there's an argument about like Basically, like a rental property mm-hmm. or a lease or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Uh, but then there's even little moments the between um, the Reverend and Johnny and sort of talking about, like, there's that great discussion. I think it's in the beginning of the episode where he's saying it's kind of an argument, a p- polite argument, where Johnny's basically pointing out, like, you know, you, you seem to think very highly of Bullock. He's the one who maybe shot that guy. <laughs> and the Reverend's like, well... It's not, I'm not sure that he shot him. And also he's paying for <laughs> his coffin. So yeah. I think that makes him a pretty good guy. Doc also has a moment where he suspects Bullock, I think with Jane, because Bullock comes to mm-hmm. ask about Sophia's condition and the doc is, doesn't want to give him a whole lot of information because mm-hmm. he says, you know, no good can come of him for his purposes. You yeah. know, could still harm that little girl. Yep. So. Yeah. The, I think the quote is, I see as much misery out of them moving to justify themselves as them that set out to do harm. It's a pretty cool quote. Yeah, it's a great quote. Uh, It reminds me, for some reason, and this is hardly relevant, uh, but it reminds me of that one quote from Star Trek for The Voyage Home, which I don't know if any of you are uh, Trekkers, Trekkies. No. Um, But uh, Spock is in the truck, and he says, because it's the one where they're trying to steal the whales, uh, (laughs) and he's in the truck, and he says, if we assume those whales are ours to do with as we please, then we would be as guilty as those who caused their extinction, because they go back in time to save these whales. Um, I've heard about that one. But it just reminds me of that. that, (laughs) It just reminded me of that line. Not to get too sidetracked, but is there, I heard that there's a rule with Star Trek movies that every other one is good. It's, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a rule so much as it... (laughs) Uh, I don't, yeah, but that, it kind of works out that way. Yeah. Especially with the original series, like the motion picture, uh, then you got your Wrath of Khan, your search for Spock, Voyage Home. So uh, the whale one is one of the good ones. It's four, yeah. Okay. But that confused me because that's, never mind, this isn't worth getting into. But I remember a friend of mine talking about the whale Star Trek movie and and that it was ridiculous, but it's actually one of the good ones. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Time travel. Anytime you get time travel involved in a movie, I'm on board. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to travel back in time to uh, the Deadwood podcast. Uh, canned peaches. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's just go go through. So he opens with uh, Farnham uh, taking linens and a body uh, to uh, to woo. Um, that was... Whose body was that? That is uh, Ned Mason. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. it was... Uh, the one that got shot in the street. Right. Right. Wait, uh, isn't? Or no, no, I'm sorry. It's the Irish guy. Driscoll? Driscoll. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Because okay. right. they bury the guy. They're burying. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is uh, Tim Driscoll, whose room is now opened up. Um, and Charlie gets that a little later on. So it gives that body, uh, the body to Wu. Uh, and just being such a 
I guess for Farnham uh, in this uh, age, uh, he feels more, he feels like a higher status. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So the way that he's talking to, to Wu so condescendingly and even yeah. the looks, like Wu knows what's going on. Like he may not fully understand uh, the the words, but he definitely gets the tone and the context of uh, of things. Because he even gives this this look, like he's, he's like, what does he say? Um, washi. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Farnham says like Washi, and he's like, yeah, Washi. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So even Wu uh, is like giving him this side eye, which I just enjoy. Nobody likes Farnham. Nobody yeah. likes Farnham. That's a good yeah. point. I think he. I think he probably he technically is a higher status at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show because there's less people. But like all it takes is people, more people, and he immediately just he's kind of knocked out a peg. Yeah. Each episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so we go to Al. Uh, in his room with Trixie, uh, pissing in that chamber pot, uh, asking um, Trixie about the gun. Was this for me? Um, and she's like, yeah, I, I brought it for you. And then he's just like, get the fuck out. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, whips the sheet up. Uh, get out. Get out of here. Um, I don't know. I was watching the, uh, this is a, not, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, I guess, but Having that uh, chamber pot in the corner, like, if it, do you think if that was acceptable in houses right now, people would still be doing it? Because yes. I, I would, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't mind that, especially if I lived alone. Yeah. I just throw, just for throw being a pot. in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Not having a, like, and I, my bathroom is feet away right. uh, from my bedroom, but I'd still find, like, I would use that. Oh, it would make more sense for me to walk to the bathroom. It'd be, it'd probably be equidistant, <laughs> yeah. but I still would like it. Yeah. Not a bad deal. It's good for water conservation, for sure. Because sure. then you just dump it all there. Although I am a, um, especially overnight, if I've gotten up, I'm a very uh, a proponent of the if it's yellow, let it mellow. I don't. <laughs> I think that is just a, being a good. Um, yeah. I mean, you're saving the world. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We all got one pee at a time. One pee at a time. Yeah. Uh, so the street is a buzz after the shootout. You got people in the street talking about like, oh, the guy that shot him is over there, and oh, he he came here and he was blah blah blah. Um, and you could see Seth because he's shaving in the, um, uh, in the mirror. Uh, he, he like just tightens up. He just doesn't like being talked about. He doesn't right. like being the subject of, of gossip. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reverend and, uh, Johnny, the Reverend and Johnny, uh, talking about Mason. So they're kind of getting to the, uh, the bottom a little bit of of what was going on here. I, I couldn't understand or quite figure out Johnny's angle in this. Was he was he aware of what everything that was going on and trying to suss out the Reverend or trying to set him straight? I think he's trying to figure out what's going on so that he can report back to Al because okay. he has that scene with Al later where he's like, "I figured this out and I played mm-hmm. dumb about it, Al." Like he's real <laughs> proud of himself. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah, he's just trying to figure out if it was road agents, who knows what. Yeah, and I love that the um, the reverend uh, uh, found a letter, and it was addressed to, like, a Tom Mason, I, th- I think it was, or some, some Mason. Uh, and he's like, so I prayed, and then I opened it. <laughs> uh, it's against the law, reverend. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not back then. Uh, in Deadwood. In Deadwood, lawless territory. So you can just read other people's mail, I guess. Um, especially if they've been deceased. I like the, the dedu- deduction from the Reverend, too, where he gets to the bottom of the letter and it says that who it's from, and he figures, well, I, I think it's from 
I think his name would be this because yeah, it says yeah. from him and his own person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think the deceased name is Ned. Hmm. Um, yeah. So Farnham and Al. Uh, Al gets the news about Sophia. Um, and Jane is asleep out back. Doc is untrusting of anybody, even Bullock, as we talked about. Um, and Jane kind of sticks up for him. Uh, anything about this scene that strikes you? Uh, I think it's just the first instance we get of Jane and Doc bonding, uh, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and at that time, uh, yeah, we're not sure what's going to happen to Sophia because Doc says that he's he's not optimistic. And mm-hmm. I think he really, well, he tells Bullock that, but yeah. um, it really is kind of unclear. Yeah, Jane uh, asks him and he, he says something like, if her wounds don't fester, she may get on like a, a cleaner path or some 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 yeah. way that he that he put that but something about wounds festering but as soon as bullet comes over touch and go yeah future uncertain he's talking like a magic eight ball um please try again later yeah um yeah yeah i think that's where we sort of are reminded that the doc is in a unique position in deadwood because he has he's not playing any angles mm-hmm. his, his angle is like just doing no harm and doing the best for everybody there mm-hmm. but by doing that, he has to know when to keep his mouth shut, mm-hmm. and he has to know that he really can't trust anybody because it interferes with what he wants to do, which is stop people from dying and killing each other and being sick. And yeah, he's kind of like the Varys uh, to borrow from Game of Thrones a little bit. Yeah, Varysy kind of kind of role to some extent. Although he Var- Var- Varys is uh, actively trying to influence. Mm-hmm. Politics, and I don't think Doc wants to influence anybody. Uh, I mean, he well, he, not through the the politics of things, but to suit interests. Yeah. Um, we see him do that even in this uh, episode. Yes, uh, a bit for the sort of preservation of the camp in the sense yeah. of not in the same way Swearingen, where he wants to preserve the camp and keep it free from uh, becoming part of the federal government or anything like that. But he's sort of doing it out of uh, just he wants people to stay alive, mm-hmm. and if the more people don't. The more he knows about everything and the more he can sort of just, like, keep people alive, the better he is so he won't go insane. Which he yeah. seems like he's going to every time he talks. Mm-hmm. Like, he's about to explode. Yeah. Which is very funny. The doc. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we get, unless um, I forget something from the first episode, but I, is this the first instance where we get to see Brad Dorff yell at Ian McShane? Because I, I think, think he's so, yeah. the only person, yeah. with the exception maybe Trixie, and Bullock does it anyway, but, like, he's the only person that will... Tell Al to go fuck himself yeah. and get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's completely fearless when he does it. Yeah, which and is it great. stands out when he when he does it. We'll get to that uh, specifically in a little bit. But it, it, to me, like I even have it in my notes as like the the odd freak out from the doc. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I do like when he freaks out at Swearingen, and it's mm-hmm. sort of a consistent thing where Swearingen every once in a while is like, "All right, yeah. what are you yelling for? <laughs> Calm down." Hey. <laughs> Everybody relax. Uh, so we are now at breakfast, and Seth, Charlie, Wild Bill are there talking about Sophia, uh, and and the doc. Yeah, just basically about what transpired, what's going on, what her what her prospects are, so and so. Merrick so, shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he does. He he busts. Uh, he busts in there. Uh, so we have Saul and Seth talking about the uh, the lot for the hardware store, and then yeah, Merrick Merrick pops in, asks 
as he is sitting down anyway. Uh, classic Merrick. Uh, Ama comes down, uh, and all eyes are on, on Ama, and uh, she wants to see the doc, so she talks to Farnham about that, uh, and Bill, uh, Wild Bill, sees her shaky, shaky hands uh, when she goes to get that coffee. And we saw his earlier at breakfast uh, kind of doing the same, same sort of thing. Right. Um, so a little bit of a withdrawal-ish sort of, sort of feel there. Uh, and he sees it. And uh, Merrick, I couldn't tell if Merrick was trying to stir up suspicions uh, or if he was just playing, play, playing dumb or just was kind of dumb to the Tim Driscoll uh, issue. I think he was, I think he was a little bit dumb. Yeah. I think he is a little bit, not, he's not stupid, but he's, he's always a little bit behind everything. Mm-hmm. And he's always running after with like a pen and paper, like, oh, you care to, care to comment? And I mean, at this point in the show, it seems to me like, it, it feels like he only exists in this scene to piss off Bullock. <laughs> yeah. Like no comment, <laughs> just to reinforce that Bullock doesn't like to be talked to by people. Mm. Um, but I, he does strike me as like he wants to get the story right, so he's going to maybe play it up a little bit, but also like he doesn't—he's out of the loop. He yeah. seems like one of those guys. At this point in the show, in hindsight, he seems like not too too dissimilar from EB, even yeah. where yeah. it's like, is he going to just be like a punchline the entire time? Mm-hmm. And is he opportunistic? Is he just there to get yeah. the story and hope go? Yeah, is he shameless about that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt like, uh, I, I'd agree with that after uh, listening, y'all talked me down, but it did feel as if he was, he kind of says it with uh, a feeling of, mm, maybe you should look into that kind of thing. Yeah. Because uh, he was like, word has it that uh, they just bought Tim Driscoll's gold claim. I haven't seen him. He must be sleeping in. Something, it was something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that, knowing knowing Merrick as a character, I right. do think he was he's genuinely he's just pondering that. Little, yeah, yeah, not a little dumb. Yes, gotcha. All right. Uh, so at the claim, uh, and it is the dude, uh, Brom, and Dan there, uh, and Ellsworth comes over uh, to kind of chat with them. Uh, and I love it that he, uh, Dan kind of greets him. It's like, "Hey, Ellsworth," and then he's. Ellsworth uh, replies, "The name's Ellsworth." Uh, just because <laughs> I guess you know, there's there's rolling rivers and uh, forest noises and whatnot. So maybe you didn't hear him. I just thought it was funny. Uh, and uh, ask him if he's uh, you, you getting any yellow. Um, what about you? And I just love this quote. Made my quota for whiskey, pussy, and food. Further efforts would only benefit the faro dealers. Um, I meant to look this up. What is faro? I think it's a game similar to craps. It's a dice okay, game. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. Well, we're That's not going to follow up with a correction. Good enough for yeah. the podcast. It's definitely yeah. something that you gamble on. Nice. Um, but I don't know the specifics. I couldn't teach anyone how to play. We're going to do a special episode of Canned Peaches, the Deadwood <laughs> podcast, where we're all just going to drink and play Pharaoh. Just mm-hmm. lose our money? Yeah, to ourselves. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so he, <laughs> I love this moment too, where he kind of encourages Brahm, uh, like he, something like, oh, don't get, don't get too um, worked up about not finding anything just yet. You know, it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I'm just paraphrasing with modern uh, stuff, but he's, that's the gist. And you could see Dan's face like, 
Will you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Just shut up. Just stare Stop. at Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like a weirdly sweet moment, though. He's like, yeah. keep your head up. Like, um, yeah. Because, you know, he's like, well, you had, we had like a, a fistful of, of, of pieces recently. He's like, well, well there's pieces. There's flakes. Mm-hmm. Just keep at it. Yeah. All right. Gonna go off and gamble and drink and, <laughs> and whore, I guess. Shut up. That was worth it. That's a that's a such a, a shitty job for Dan to just kind of you know have to hang out with him while he realizes that his claim is worthless. Yeah. Um. That's really that's agonizing. <laughs> yeah. To have to keep up that ruse mm-hmm. when it's just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Dan ever took any improv, improv classes. The guy who plays him. No, the actual character. Oh, the actual character. Uh, <clears throat> like I always wonder that with, um, like mobsters too. Like when they because they all have to do certain. Um, jobs at times that require some level of improv and acting skills, at least in the movies. I don't know, in real life. Um, uh, like, I was rewatching The Sopranos, too, where Chris actually does do, like, an improv or an acting class, um, right. which was terrible. Because <laughs> at one point, the woman is like, oh, good improv. Um, uh, but, yeah, them, them just getting into different situations, I just always wonder, you know. I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if you were a mobster... Uh, or you have to fool people, improv is, uh, is helpful to the trade. I guess that's all I'm saying. Dan Doherty. Um, all right. Uh, so Johnny runs and tells Al about Mason. And this would be uh, Tom Mason at this point, I believe. Um, and Seth and Saul want to negotiate the lot. Uh, so there's a lot going on in this scene. Uh, for the most part, this whole episode is just kind of weaving in everything's kind of weaving in and out of each other uh so yeah johnny runs and tells al about uh mason seth and saul want to negotiate the lot seth is so quick to question he's just so quick like everybody on the show seemingly so quick to question everything and take offense to something uh like the doc does that um al doesn't so much he's a little slower to to anger uh most of the time right the yeah doc jane um, super, so there's at least three characters on this show that are just so short-tempered, uh, and it doesn't matter what you say, but they find a way to take offense to it. Yeah, there's no right thing you can say to Jane. Yeah. Like, Charlie Utter, she explodes on him like it's nothing. It's... She's got a couple good explosions. She explodes on, yeah. in this episode, she explodes yes. on him, she explodes on Doc, um, and I like that part. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when the Doc is telling her that, uh, no, you did a good job. And she's like, don't make fun of me. Or, yeah. Because it's something that like <laughs> right. hit her in the heart. She, yeah. can't, she can't hear anything positive. <laughs> yeah, right. Because um, that'll break her heart. Oh, she's so great. Yeah. Uh, oh, but uh, rewatching that scene, that initial negotiation, and even the one at the end, I was thinking like, Bullock's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not giving Al any kind of a chance here. Yeah. And I know like he can read Al. He can mm-hmm. smell the yeah. corruption coming from him. So that's a fair, he's, it's a fair assessment, but also just the hard headedness. It's like, all right, just, you know, yeah, just let's all handle this. Yeah. Like Al even says, uh, he does that thing where he, I'm just turning around, hands in the air. Um, I heard you're not a person who doesn't want mistaking people's intentions. Who said that? I'd like to know what they meant. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, nothing can be said to him. He's not going to right. no question. sense of humor. Yeah, nothing yeah. at all. And he did uh, pull a gun and fire it on somebody this morning, possibly mm-hmm. shooting him to death. Yeah. So you think he could, like, 
you have to at least be able to take a joke about that. Yeah, that's why I else. love... Nobody's going to rush you, you're not in trouble, but, like, somebody's going to break your stones a little bit mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love Al's, uh, when they first kind of, like, come toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose, uh, that Al's kind of mini-speech that leads them there, where he just kind of recaps all of the reasons why he's justified questioning Bullock's motives, which he does a pretty good job of, mm-hmm. and he sells it. Um, but then they... Come nose to nose. All right. Al is asking about Wild Bill and, you know, silent partners and, and things like that. Uh, and Saul sees the little tension that's starting to build here and says, uh, why don't we just pick this up another time? Why don't we uh, just kind of head on out uh, and we'll, um, we'll pick it up. Uh, and as they're leaving, uh, Mason and his um, partner come in. Uh, they pass each other and... Uh, then they head upstairs, which we'll talk about. Nick Offerman, right? Nick Offerman. Was that Nick Offerman? Yep. Nick Offerman is Tom Mason. Yeah. No shit. Yep. I thought it, I was watching it. I was like, that looks like yeah. Nick Offerman. Um, Nick yeah. Offerman is Tom Mason, which uh, also kudos to him for going. I believe that's really his penis that he shows in this episode. Um, because he's kind of holding it in a way that it could be a prosthetic. But I was like, for a bit part to go full frontal, like, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um I admire that. And uh, the other guy, do you guys watch Stranger Things? Yeah. Um, what is it, Persimmon Phil? Persimmon Phil, yeah. Uh, that is Nancy and Mike's dad on Stranger Things. Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah, is per- the guy who plays Persimmon Phil. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a many weird great, name. Even, yeah. Persimmon. Yeah, so they go upstairs, and as they're going up, up the steps, uh, Nick, uh, or one of them, sees Trixie and says, I'll take care uh, and I'll just like pick another, like hands off, which okay, okay, um, can be read as like a a sweet thing or yeah. most probably you should read it as like a possessive, abusive, oh, yeah, a horrible thing. But, yeah, yeah. Yep. But that's the complicated nature of the show and that the world that they're building. And yes, the they're building. for sure. Uh, Seth and Saul, quick scene. With uh, those two, and they're kind of walking back, run into the reverend, uh, who says, like, thank you so much for, for doing this. Uh, uh, can I count on you to be at the burial service? Uh, and it was just one of those, you know, oh, Larry no. David kind of like, Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. also, you're asking the guy who shot him. Like, that's a <laughs> yeah. lot. That's a big ask, reverend. Yeah. You know? He shouldn't have to go to the funeral. No, shouldn't. Uh, he's already doing more than he should have to do. Um, anywho, come on, Reverend. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotel. We're at the hotel with uh, Wild Bill and uh, Charlie Utter. Uh, Utter gets to his room, which uh, was recently vacated by one uh, Tom Driscoll. So he gets a room. That's all. Yeah, their whole thing in this episode, I feel, is is more Charlie trying to set Bill on the right path. And yeah. being like, you know, we can make money pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere we go. Yeah. Just, you know. And failing at it. Right. And having to, like, live with failing at it. Right. Yeah. You're here to prospect, or I can get you some an appearance fee. Like, Charlie's just trying to manage Bill so that, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't waste all his money gambling and getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And then we do have that quick interaction with him and Farnham. Uh, no tip necessary. I run the hotel. <laughs> yeah. God, he's such a weasel. Mm. Such a weasel. 
this episode is is uh, full of weasels because Tom mm-hmm. Mason's a total weasel. Mm-hmm. Um, Persimmon Phil's a weasel. Yep. And we get, did we get to see um, Jimmy Irons in episode one? We did. One? We, oh, he we was saw in episode him, one. Well, no, we saw him in this, this yeah. episode. And he's a great weasel yeah. on this show. And he's, I think this uh, might be his first appearance. Even down to the way that he talks mm-hmm. is so weaselly. Yeah. Um, he's got a toothache, right? Excuse for everything. I don't know, Mr. Swearingen. Yeah, probably could use some. Oh, it's really (laughs) acting up, Mr. Swearingen. That ball of dope would really go a long way for my tooth. Uh, Shut up, Jimmy Irons. Oh, he's so great. All right. Uh, So yeah, hotel. Charlie Otter gets his room, and then we go to the dock and Alma. With that scene where she is just there, she's she's basically calling him to deal with her fake symptoms just so she can get more of, um, what was it called again? Laudanum. Laudanum. Get more laudanum. And uh, then the doc basically calls her out on her bullshit and says, you know, suppose I could do this for you and we wouldn't have to go through all of this back and forth fake shit. Would that fix your symptoms? Something like that. Uh, and, and she she's, presents and, it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, what are you... What? She how, feels judged. How dare you? Yeah. Um, and he's like, all right, well, this will get you through the next few days. Yeah. Bye. What did you guys read of this? Because, you know, this is like the beginning of the, of us seeing their, their sort of relationship to one another. And it's going to change or whatever, bro. Mm-hmm. What did, did you think he was being judgmental and he's just like, I don't feel like it? Or do you think there was something he was trying to spare her and sort of be... Be real with her. I don't think he was being judgmental so much as he was being efficient. Yeah, he's like a guy. He's got a schedule to keep. Yeah, he, he yeah. even says like there are a lot of there are a lot of people in this camp that could use my my help. Me being here, attending to your fake symptoms, uh, doesn't. It, it's keeping me from the actual problem. So yeah. why don't I just give you this laudanum? You can do whatever you want. No judgment. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't think that there's judgment, and if he's offering. I think he's also saying, uh, I mean, it probably isn't nice to be lied to by somebody, but I think he's also basically making his position clear, which is like, I don't, I'm not, he's basically saying, I'm not going to judge you. I will supply you with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's feeling judged. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they're, they're really on the same page, but just not communicating properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because she is like very affected by this interaction with him right. like, even in the scene it's clear like and, and he just sort of it's it's kind of hard to tell with the doc sometimes because the way brad durf like the way he's, he delivers the lines as doc it's like you can't tell when he's being warm and you can't tell when he's like mm-hmm. i really am annoyed right now yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I like these two characters together yeah um but yeah, and I guess uh, looking, it's 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 hard as we've all seen the whole series. Like it's kind of hard to, to, like you were doing it earlier, Dan. But to try and like picture, or try and remember what it's like to see this for the first time and erase everything else that you know about these characters. <laughs> yeah. That is difficult. But I guess really this scene is. I mean, we've seen Alma take laudanum already, so I mm-hmm. guess this is kind of our reveal to the audience that. Um, she doesn't really need it. Yeah. You know, like it's, that's, that's for us to know that she's, right. She's, uh, putting on a show to get, you know, her addiction met. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so let me go to Al and, uh, the road agents, uh, and well, Tom, 
uh, Mason is off with one of the women, uh, but he's talking to Phil, right? Right. Uh, he's talking to Phil and saying like, "Oh, it's a shame you weren't around. There was a there was a squarehead family that came through. Could have could have tipped you off." Um, and they're just kind of doing that little dance. Of course, Al knows what the what the deal is, and he's like, uh, "What did he say? Keep lying. I'll murder you right in that chair." <laughs> like he just kind of like cuts him off. So quick uh, uh, change in in tone uh, for him. Uh, so the dude can, uh, he confesses. Uh, oh, he beats him up. Uh, Al beats him up, and then Tom. <laughs> Tom runs in, holding his dick, uh, and says that, uh, what does he say? That Something about that snatches. Oh, that snatches bending. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that means. I I mentioned this earlier. uh, I just think kudos to Nick Offerman, because it's such a grotesque entrance. Like, everything about it is grotesque. And the fact that he's was willing to do that for just such a small part. Yeah. Um, that really is like, I admire that because yeah. it's so it's, he's, he's repulsive. The yeah. only way it would have been more gross if he had been wearing just like sneakers and socks, <laughs> yeah. like the, like the weirdest yeah. way to see a person naked. But it was right. like, it was not like a, yeah. it wasn't a good stance. It was nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was like an animal. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's totally disgusting and it's uh, commendable. Yeah. Uh, I love the the choice to hold the dick, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to come in holding it rather than just kind of waving about. Um, so I wonder if that was like a scripted thing or if Nick Offerman is like, hey, David, I think my character would hold his dick. <laughs> yeah. I think he would walk in and uh, just kind of uh, dick in hand kind yeah. of deal. I don't know. Bill probably had a lot of thoughts on it. All right, so we're at Doc's, and Jane and Doc are caring for Sophia. Uh, so we see Jane kind of learning some uh, some medical stuff there, and Dan comes by and asks Doc to go see to the girls. Uh, this is something we kind of skipped over earlier, where he is sent by Al to specifically go do that, uh, because after Al learns that uh, she is alive and could possibly identify these people uh, that did this, implicating him in, in some of these some of these things, uh, he can't have that. Which, to uh, be clear, Al had nothing to do with the massacre of this right. family, but the people that did massacre the family, who did it of their own free will because they saw an opportunity, mm-hmm. they do work for him. Right. So Al is technically innocent of this particular crime. Right. Um, but he doesn't want to be implicated in it. Right, mm-hmm. it's just too much investigation. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he sends Dan to go to Doc's and, uh, tell the doc to go take care of the girls to kind of clear out that, that room so that we can, he can kind of suss things, suss things out. Uh, so Dan does that. He goes to see the girls. Uh, then there's a quick scene with, uh, the, we're at the funeral, uh, with Seth and Saul. Now, not just at the funeral, but doing the actual burying, like yeah. <laughs> in shuffles in hand, and, are and listen burying to the this reverend guy. Yeah, give his roll on, roll on. Yeah, I mean the reverend's such a sweet yeah. guy, but he is like they really do convey why Bullock would be mm-hmm. cl- crawling out of his own skin. To get yeah, away. I mean I do have now like curb enthusiasm in my head with this all the interactions <laughs> yeah. with the reverend, and they just yeah. they're just digging and throwing dirt on is mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so this one, there's a there's a lot going on here. So Al tells Tom about Wild Bill killing his brother. So you see him kind of sobbing, because uh, they didn't know where he was. They didn't know what had happened to him. Now, now Tom knows Wild Bill, possibly Wild Bill, uh, has killed his brother. Uh, this is another kind of politics kind of thing, I think, that Al is playing here. He wants to send him off to, on a, on a revenge thing to take care of Wild Bill, who he sees as disrupting his plans for the, for the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the doc is now with, with the girls. And Al walks in. Oh, and God. I, and so I have, good. I have this quote. How's that pushy, <laughs> how's that pussy lotion feel? Uh, should I try some on my ass? And he does this amazing thing with his eyes. Yeah. Too. Like, just, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And he leaves, uh, but before doing so, he just says something fairly innocent to the doc. Uh, something like, uh, yeah, just do your thing, finish up, uh, and just be on your way. Something, something like that. And the doc is like, don't you tell me what to do, how to do it. I do what I do because I want to do it. And when I and it just goes on and on and on. And I was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. geez, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Is fun, which I think Doc is annoyed with Al because he knows that Al's fishing for information, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably he wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, and he also has had like a as we've seen him like throughout the episode, like it's a weird day for him. Mm-hmm. He's trying to keep this child from uh, he knows that there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. he has to like look in the eye and have normal conversations with who are yeah. like, it would be good if she was murdered and gone forever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Al is off now to see Sophia and runs into Jane. And then we have that scene, uh, which is rough, rough yeah. to watch, rough to watch somebody who has, over the course of an episode and a half at this point, just built themselves up uh, right. to be so loud, so strong, uh, so quick to anger, just break down so quickly. Right. And that's a, so on a lot of, that's really all Jane Yeah, because Al doesn't treat her he any doesn't differently. Do anything. Yeah, he's very calm, and he doesn't treat her differently than he would anybody that's mm-hmm. in his way. Yeah, he's kind of like, scooch, please. Right, but she takes it real personal. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it happens almost with one look, too. Uh, she says, like, who, who the fuck are you? Like, I'm just going to go see her. And then, uh, you have to go through me, motherfucker. Cocksucker. Um, and then he just kind of, like, doesn't say anything so much as he just kind of looks at her mm-hmm. for a moment and then just, like, goes around her yeah while she is just in the background motherfucker cocksucker uh yeah and then he pinches sophia yeah um something about that scene with jane was like uh, i'm trying to think back on like first viewing it as a first time viewer and it it is one of those things where it was kind of shocking for Mm -hmm. me that the scene played out that way i mean it like like the sort of bones of the scene. It's not shocking to me that the scene ends with him getting to see Sophia and him squeezing her and her waking up and him being like, all right, now I know what I have to know. Like, the, all that stuff makes sense to me, but mm-hmm. the way Jane, like, just, like, like, wilts. Crumbles, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a different kind of show than what I might have thought it was going to be going mm-hmm. into it. Like, it's not... It's not something where he even like has to hit her. Like just the fact that she just like falls apart like that is it. It's you instantly like. It's so revealing about Jane as a character that she's there's a lot of bluster to her and stuff like that. And you you already get a sense that she's a good person. She wants to be a good person. She's fiercely mm-hmm. loyal, but like, she 
I think that's when I realized like this character has a lot of baggage. It's not that she's not just like a funny, fun, you know, drunk, mm-hmm. but she has like something happened to her at one point in her life where she could not. He reminded her of somebody, or she was just like had some bad news dude in her life, and yeah. it was pretty shocking. Like I said, yeah. yeah. She says later on, uh, "I haven't been that scared since I was a little girl." Uh, so, yeah, and that made yeah. me feel like she'd been abused or yeah. something like that. The implication is that she's had a man like that before in her yeah. life. Yeah, somebody, somebody that just gave her whatever look, whatever Al said with that look that he gave her, uh, just kind of took her back to whatever, whatever the hell happened. Yeah, and she just crumbled. Yeah, it was a little, little, little rough. Um, um, great editing too when he pinches Sophia and yeah. then her eyes open. <laughs> That's yeah. it's almost scary, you yeah. know, when she just looks up at him and yeah. you're like, "Oh, kid, no." Yeah, and then I I just love him just going, "Hello." Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just gets up, walks out, uh, and she's like, "Do it to me if you have to." Why would I do it to you? And yeah. just leaves. Cocksucker. All right. Uh, so Doc sees Al coming back from Sophia. Uh, they have their little meet up in the in the street. Uh, Al, uh, the doc knows exactly what, what, why he would be there. Did you hurt her? No, but she's better off than, than you thought. Uh, she's awake, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes back to the, uh, his office, uh, and sees Jane still just kind of rocking and, and, and sobbing, almost fetal position Ah, poor Jane. Anything more on that? That sequence of events, turn of events. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Go to the hotel with uh, Farnham and the dude. Uh, and the dude is, uh, he's having second thoughts. He's been out to the claim now a couple times. Uh, and it's coming up empty. What's going on? I don't know. I think we might be duped. <laughs> yeah. I'm beginning to think we might have been duped. Uh, Although, he's only been there once. Because this is just I guess a, he's been there a few right, times yeah. beforehand where they mm-hmm. duped him and showed him some, some yeah, yellow. Some fake gold. But um, uh, this is still all just the same day mm-hmm. um, that he comes home. But yeah. he's, you know, he's, his suspicions are valid. Yeah. So he says that he's looking to sell to Farnham. Hey, remember that offer that you made me last night? Oh, I'm afraid I, I don't. <laughs> um, oh, I see what happened. I got drunk, and I must have just said some things, and I can't be held responsible for that. Are you saying you don't remember? I guess, yeah. It's like, what a weasel. It's like, you didn't seem drunk, and he's like, that's why I'm such a drunk <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Uh, uh, Al tells Dan that he has to kill Sophia, uh, which Dan's I like the about. way that they did this, too. Because it wasn't like a sit down. I got some. I got a, a. I gotta ask a big favor of you. I gotta. This is gonna be a tough job. They just cut to. It's already been said. And I think Dan is like, oh, but a kid, something like something like that. Yeah. And you already see him fully distressed at 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 the, at the uh, thought of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so he wants Dan killing this guy, and he wants Tom out killing Hickok. Um, so there's the, they're they're talking like, he is just going to be a problem. Like him, if he actually is able to just shut the fuck up, 
maybe he can get close enough to to Bill to do this, but he's just like muttering all the time and um, not going to be easy. Uh, the quick scene with Doc guarding Sophia with the gun. Not too much to say. Oh, real quick though too. Isn't this the part where Phil comes in and says, they kind of tell Al that like Tom's shit faced um, and he's talking, he's talking a lot of shit mm-hmm. and he's going to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. So Al knows before they even get to the, um, where is it? It's um, Nuttall's place. Yeah. Number 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, before they even get there, Al knows that this might be, I, so I was wondering about this. Uh, he he seems pretty incompetent, Tom Mason. Yeah. Um, so does Al know that he's just going to get himself killed and that it's going to be I, Wild Bill that does it? I mean, I think just because of how smart Al is, I don't know if you feel this way, Mike, it's like the the loose end is going to be tied up either way. Yeah. It right. would just be nicer if Wild Bill went away because there's going to mm-hmm. be other headaches that come from him in general because he's like, it's but, like the spotlight comes with him and it's not just not good and he, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not his vision for Deadwood. But I think yeah. he's like, this but, will be resolved. Yeah. In some way. Someone's got to die. It's yeah. either the little girl or yeah. it's three three dudes who yeah. kill her yeah. family. Um, and either way, it's fine. And if Wild Bill dies in the process, that doesn't hurt. It's me. a bonus, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That's the way I, I yeah. assume Al yeah. is seeing it. Right. right. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, yeah, the doc is guarding Sophia with the with his with his gun there, uh, having seen some trouble already brewing. Uh, we go to the gym with Saul and Al, uh, take two on the hardware negotiation, uh, and the gist is that uh, Al doesn't trust, doesn't trust uh, Saul, doesn't trust Seth. Um, he sees, he's, he's seen the different things that have happened in, in the camp since, since, uh, with Seth specifically. Uh, and he wants, I believe it's something like, uh, $500 and then 50% of, uh, profits through like the first snow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they can buy out the, uh, buy out his, his share or something like that. He wants them working for him. Yeah. Um, ultimately. And he's saying that he thinks that Wild Bill might be their silent partner. Yeah. Whether or not he believes that or not, he just mm-hmm. wants to keep them under his thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Seth, who is at the bar listening to all of this, because uh, that was the arrangement with with Seth and Saul. Saul has his proxy, kind of, uh, and he's dealing with this. Uh, and... Saul says Seth would never Seth would never go for that. Uh, well, do you have his proxy or not? Well, up up to a point, uh, and he's like, "This is what I need these few months for, uh, to, so that we can understand what words mean or something along those lines, uh, so we can both agree on what uh, a proxy is." Uh, yeah. So Seth then gets involved uh, and says that he, we're not going to work for you, uh, $1,000. Uh, and he's like, what you, you, I came to you with a, uh, of a fair offer and you insult me in my own joint. Uh, and he's like, just get the fucking thing. Let's just, just give it to us. Let's be done with this. And then Al finally just has had enough, uh, and comes back with all of those things where he's like, you, you showed up, you killed somebody, uh, you insult me at my own joint. You're, you're, I don't know who you are. Uh, I don't know that you're not going to do this or that or the other thing. Uh, and I think Seth at this point offers him, uh, if you give us the place, uh, and if there is any, uh, whoring, any, uh, 
any drugs, uh, any games, uh, something like that, uh, then you keep everything. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then they just kind of like come the toes, uh, uh, short of blows, and it's it's a mess. It's like they're and Swearingen. It's he's very cool in the scene because Mm -hmm. Seth has been established as this guy who will pull out a gun, he'll shoot people. But I mean, Al is like obviously no pushover either, and just the way Ian McShane just like he stares at him like right in the eyes the Mm -hmm. whole time. Al and, isn't scared of anyone. Yeah, he's just so he seems so in control of the situation. Even yeah. when like, even when Saul's trying to come in and be like peacemaker, he has that very anti-Semitic. Like it's like he's like you're not his fucking proxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shut up! Why don't you go back to you know insert whatever anti-Semitic yeah, whatever you do when you're not uh, like cheating people out of money, Christians and, out of yeah. their money or whatever. Yeah, like money. a really messed up thing <laughs> yeah. to say though. And Saul's like, all right, well, fuck this. Then. Yeah, like, it's something through uh, building people out of the money they earn through good Christian work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just very funny on its face coming from Al. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Seth is just like, don't fucking talk to him. Like, don't tell me what the fuck to do with my own fucking joint. Here's um, my counter offer to your counter. <laughs> oh, that was great. Go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I also, yeah, there's, so, so there's that. The Here's my counter offer, your counter offer. Go fuck yourself. Um, but also the way that uh, Seth kind of gets on his heels a little bit, uh, where Al comes at him with all these things, and then Seth, you see a little bit of a, a back down from Seth and being like, okay, so here's what happened. That was just a, 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 a turn of events. Oh, a fucking turn of... Oh, just a turn of events. Yeah, um, yeah so seeing just like him there. And then he kind of very quickly kind of regains his uh, composure and confidence. But it was just a funny little little moment there. Uh, and then that kind of epic stare down. Trixie's trying to... Um, uh, just 12 steps out. <laughs> yeah, just 12 steps out. Uh, best sex you ever had. Uh, and Saul, so they're trying to break things, break things up. Cause he even says like, get him the fuck out of my face. Something like that. Mm. Uh, so we go to Ama and Brahm, uh, where he is in the mirror and he has that line that, uh, I've mentioned before. It's already come up on the, uh, the podcast here tonight. I'm beginning to feel that we've been duped. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's like a line for a for each character, that's his line. Oh, for that's sure. That's his, like, yeah. pull-string yep. Brom toy line. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the feel. We've been duped. Uh, Brom putting it all together. Uh, so he is now walking through uh, in a end-of-usual-suspects kind of way, uh, putting it all together in his head, uh, what has transpired. How he has, in fact, been duped. Uh, Al is Kaiser Sosa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, has put it, put it all together. Uh, and he asks Ama to see about getting Wild Bill involved in the situation. Um, she's like, yeah, oh, I guess, I guess it's up his alley. I guess it's what he does. And she agrees to try and have that happen. Which is also kind of like, kind of like a cowardly thing, you know, yeah. for Brom to have to go to, to Wild Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, you can see i guess they don't come out and explicitly say it but i think it's so much in molly parker's performance you get such an idea of how she feels about brahm that maybe this was a marriage of convenience or something like Mm -hmm. that she's just she's she's not in love it's very reminiscent of when my wife has to call comcast for us she just (laughs) deals with them it's like well 
you're just very good at dealing with them. <laughs> you're just better at this. You are better at it. <laughs> this is and, your and thing. And she has a look on her face where she's like, I don't know why I am in this marriage. Right. <laughs> um, but I think Molly Parker's really good because she's letting you know, like, without saying anything, like, because really all we know about Alma at this point is that she's, you know, a joke <laughs> fiend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... We know that she's smarter than Brahm and that she's keeping a lid on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting that really non-verbally through her performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Saul and Seth, and they're kind of... This is post-stare-down. Uh, uh, and Saul is trying to talk some sense into Seth, saying, like, you got to relax, we don't let him get in the way of why we are here. We want to open up a hardware store. Let's just go through the process and get it done. Uh, and Seth is sticking up for him, saying, like, you, but you're going to let him talk to you like that? I can't let him talk to you like that. And he's like, I've been called worse uh, by better. Um, they also mention in that scene a bank, um, how the town needs a bank which kind of just shows you where their ambitions are at, that mm-hmm. they're really looking to plant roots here and yeah. kind of, you know, take uh, take a big piece of Deadwood for themselves, mm-hmm. which is really, which is Al's fear, you know, yeah. uh, which is why he wants to keep them uh, under him. Yeah. Also shows that they're smart guys. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're like, why come and dig for gold when you just sell everybody their crap so they can go dig for gold mm-hmm. and never find gold? Right. And yeah. then hold their money for them. Yeah. Maybe ultimately. Yeah. Uh, Seth kind of agrees and just says, get it in writing from that son of a bitch. Uh, and they come across Charlie, who is shit-faced. Uh, and Charlie's a little down because he's trying to help Wild Bill. And then Wild Bill kind of had this moment where he came back at him and said, you know, don't, you're not my dad, you're not my, you're not my dad, don't lead me around like I'm a horse. Um, and Charlie's just like, I'm just trying to look out for you. Uh, and Charlie's so we, in like a, an Al uh, Anon situation where you know he's got to learn that you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Yeah, and it's it just sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he is uh, kind of drinking his sorrows, uh, pissing in an alley, farting. <laughs> There's the one where he's just like, uh oh. <laughs> uh, and he looks at Seth and he says something along, along the lines of, um, you know, you got Bill's qualities, but you you got what he's what he's missing. What's your secret? <laughs> Seth is like, I don't have any secrets. Well, don't tell them to me. Tell them, tell them to, 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 to Bill. Um, so, I don't know. It's a little nice moment, but also kind of, kind of weird. It's got to be flattering, though, to be told, like, you're a lot like this very <laughs> the coolest famous. guy in America. <laughs> yeah, the coolest guy in America. <laughs> but uh, somehow only a little also better. better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also somehow better. Uh, all right. So we go to the number 10 saloon where Tom Mason is getting liquored up, uh, getting some liquid courage to try and shoot Wild Bill. I like he's alternating between, I'll have another whiskey, maybe one more coffee. <laughs> yeah. Just buying time and also just like... <laughs> Getting his chemistry just perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to, uh, uh, Wild Bill goes to the bar uh, to Tom and asks for uh, 50 bucks, another 50 bucks credit. And he meets with Seth, who is also now at the bar. 
uh, and says, the fella down the end intends me harm. Uh, can you keep an eye on the man? If, if, if it comes to it, could you keep an eye on, the, uh, uh, on, his, on his man? Uh, and Seth agrees, says sure. And then Tom says to, wow, Bill, he gives him the 50 and says, uh, wouldn't want the water getting no deeper than this which I only took note of because of the episode title, Deep Water. Yeah. That's all. All right. Uh, uh, Doesn't he also have a little exchange with Jack McCall? too? There is a a quick, uh, quick one there. Like, why are you, why are you in this game? Yeah. Uh, What does he say? If the prize is annoying me, something, do you know what he says? If the jackpot (laughs) is pissing me off or something like that, he's like, well, congratulations. You won. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jack, when Wild Bill walks away, Garrett Dillahunt does this weird fishy, fishy face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they cut back to him, and he's, he's still like, doing, he's still, he's doing, still it. doing it. He's still doing it, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird choice, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. There's a great exchange between uh, Hickok and Bullock where he's like, he asked Bullock if he ever plays poker, and Bullock's like, I'm not very good at it. And he's like, why does that matter? <laughs> yeah, never, like, never stop me. Very much a ga- uh, gambling addict. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you? Uh, all right, so we go to Charlie and Jane, uh, and Jane is super drunk, mm-hmm. super drunk. Uh, another person that's kind of drinking their sorrows away, so now they've kind of met each other, um, these two drunk titans, and uh, someone on, on someone I need to go kill. Uh, and, and Charlie's like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you, who, 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 you gonna, who are you going to go kill? Uh, and that limey cocksucker. Uh, so he stops her from Mark, because they're right outside. They're yeah. literally steps away from going inside. He stops her from going in, uh, basically saying, if you go in there, I guarantee you are going to come out dead, uh, or you will not come out, something like that. Uh, this is such a lovely scene. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like Jane's line, too, where she says... Uh, Sun ain't rose on the day I heed what you say. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when she, shortly after that, she sort of breaks down yeah. and admits to Charlie, like, he scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts crying, and it's so, like, I even te- te- teared yeah. up just seeing that scene. Yeah. Um, and the way he embraces her. Yeah. yeah. And he's his like, first oh, reaction. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, oh, oh, yeah. what, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, stations herself at the intersection so that she can see uh, who's coming from this way, who's coming from that way. Uh, I can watch everything. Uh, and then Charlie just stands stands guard with her. Yeah. Two drunks standing. But that's the beautiful thing about Jane is that no matter if she snaps at somebody or if she like starts crying, like Jane's emotions can fluctuates so wildly mm. in seconds. That's the nice thing about her. Yeah. She's almost, well, she's almost like a little kid. Like, it's kind of, like, endearing. Yeah. Um, because all it takes is that that spark of, like, no, wait, there's a way I can redeem myself here, which is I'm going to stand guard. That's mm. my penance or that's my mission. Jane's got a mission and she's in a good mood. Mm. Um, which is, not, I love Jane. She's yeah. the best. She is. Uh, what's her? Weigart? Robin, Robin Weigart. Robin Weigart, yeah. Uh, so we go to the number 10 saloon again, and uh, we still see, um, what's his face, Mason there drinking, and he's like, all right, he's basically like psyched himself up, let's go fucking do this, uh, and 
Phil says something like, no words and no gun until you're on him. And he goes over. He's just about to uh, walk up on Bill, and Bill shoots him. Uh, and then someone screams, the gun never left the holster. Fella meant me harm. Fella meant me harm. And he did not reach for the gun. No. But bullets. But bullets. Very quick bullet, to say. Yeah. He was reaching for his gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see a little bit of. Bullock isn't all, uh, honest. Uh, isn't all super like super in in in. He in, doesn't have all his integrity. Um, it it does have, it he, it, I guess it depends on where his allegiances are at times. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny because uh, after he's shot, he basically gives up the game. He's like, I was trying to get revenge for my brother. Like, his, his, <laughs> di- his dying words are like, no, Bill was right to shoot me. Yeah, I was yeah. going to try to shoot him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A revenge seeker. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he did mean you harm. <laughs> uh, Case closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fella meant me harm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gun never left his holster. Uh, so Dan heads back to uh, heads to the docks to try and psych himself up to to do this to do this thing, uh, which is kill the little girl, which is clearly weighing on him, and the doc talks him talks him down. Yeah. Is that cross cut too? Those two yeah. scenes, yeah. That's that's smart how they do that mm-hmm. too. Where it's yeah, it's two people in the same position trying to psych themselves mm-hmm. up to murder. Um, big murders too. Like yeah. one is going to kill Wild Bill Hickok, the other yeah. is going to kill a little girl. Like yeah. those are monumental, mm-hmm. life changing uh, murders. I mean, any murder would be, but in the context of this town, yeah. um, murder happens all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really nice acting from it's W. Earl Thomas, right? Is Dan W. Earl Brown? Earl Brown. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Cut and <laughs> W. Earl it's Brown. Staying right? in. Mm-hmm. It's staying in. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he heads to the docks. Doc talks him down, uh, and Dan's like, you know, you can't do this. You're pitting me against Al. Uh, and the, he says to the doc, like, all right, fine. If, if we're going to do this, you're coming too. It is going to be both of us to make the case. So as they're doing it, they run into Jane in the street. Uh, and I love it too. She's like, why is he so close to him? Hey, are you walking on your own by your own free will? Um, yeah, I yeah, she shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, and he says something like, I'd, I'd rather be lucky than smart. So he gets this, it seems like he just gets this idea to say that what happened, what happened was, um, and then they kind of cut away from it. Uh, Jimmy Irons is, uh, reporting on, yeah, so this is where we see Jimmy Irons. Mm-hmm. He's reporting on Tom Mason getting shot right. at the number 10 saloon with, uh, by Wild Bill. Of course, his tooth his hurts. His tooth fucking kills. <laughs> his tooth hurts so bad. He could have so seen more of his tooth. Is just fucking, <laughs> yeah. Awful. It's, but he caught the gist of it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And I would have seen more, but my tooth is just absolutely fucked. It's you know, just a it's mess. It's just I'm, I'm just, it's just, um, it's just, I don't know, it's just really been bothering me something it's awful. It's a mess. Any medicine yeah. my tooth. I've hardly, I've hardly oh, this slept like an hour or two <laughs> last night. Um, yeah, I mean, if you could, you know, throw a little dope my way, it really helped me <laughs> out. Um, fucking Jimmy Irons. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's tattling. Uh, and then Dan walks in and is basically like, Al, you're not going to believe what just fucking happened. <laughs> uh, that lunatic that hangs out with Bill just absconded with the girl. 
uh, and Al just very quickly, as if he's already had all of this shit worked out in his head, uh, just waiting for the different shoes to fall wherever they, wherever they're going to fall. And then if this happened, okay, then that means this happens. And so he's on to his plan D or whatever it is at this point and takes Phil upstairs. Uh, and, uh, Phil is none the wiser to what's going on here. Uh, Al goes over to his safe. And then we have that, one of my favorite interactions, uh, where Phil is like, Oh, you want me to, you want me to lay low for a little while, you know, be outside the camp? Oh, and Dan can put a message <laughs> under the rock, and I'll check under the rock. And then maybe I'll put things under the rock for you. So we'll have the rock. Um, <laughs> Great weasel yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time I'll say, all right, well, why don't you come closer? Yeah. Why don't you come closer? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, stabs him. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. He really stabs hard. him like the way you would have to stab somebody in real life for them to mm. die. Yeah. With a giant, like... Like hunting knife takes his time clearly, like twisting the knife, yeah, and mm-hmm. bleed out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no loose ends now, mm-hmm. uh, is what he says, uh, to uh, to Dan. Uh, and then Dan and Doc share this look, like, well, all right, mm-hmm. uh, they did everything short of toast, mm-hmm. like, I it would have been almost appropriate in that moment if they had just like clinked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like Al was playing his own personal chooser and adventure game mm-hmm. that he was like, like he was reading the book, but he kept his his hand finger in each page as he turned. He's like, oh no, that won't work out for me. Yeah. And every time he makes a choice, it's just like somebody dies. Yeah, but you know who could it be? Yeah, and I don't it, think this was his ideal. I think ideally he'd have his guys who he could have to have killed another day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he would have the obstacles out of his way. But he's like, yeah, all's well that ends well, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. if uh, if Tom Mason dies move to page 14 yeah yeah um tom mason died all right uh then it's just uh jane and charlie and sophia in a carriage um struggling through row 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 (laughs) your boat damn it fucking cocksucker all right fine uh Hmm. and that's that's the episode Mm -hmm. any stray thoughts It's a nice, it's a great, it's a really good episode. It's a nice, especially with the first episode, I think this is a nice, like, self-contained episode one and two. Because mm-hmm. we get some payoff to the conflict yeah. that starts at the end of mm-hmm. the pilot episode. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting, like, th- there are some plot things that could have gone for, if not the whole season, like, episodes. And yeah. there are things that are sort of, like, it's just starting to to take speed in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the, the Sophia thing, like... You thought, I thought they they would be like hiding her and moving her for a long time. It's like, well, they kind of took care of all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like what what I would if if I had just seen the second episode for the first time. Wherever I would think that the show is heading from here, I'd be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's just so well written. All right. Then we will uh, wrap up with some winners and losers. Uh, who do you feel won the episode? Or lost? Where, wherever you want to start. I'll, I mean, Sophia won. She's still alive. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's this character, it's basically, she seemed to exist to find out whether or not she would continue to exist. And yeah. So far, she's still alive. So mm-hmm. I'd say she won. But also, I think it was a great Al episode. Yeah. 
um, you saw his like less of his cruelty. Yeah. But weirdly, I mean, he murdered people, so maybe, maybe not. You, we we saw more Al. Yeah. And just him. Um, we saw him, how he runs the the operation. So I think he was a winner more yeah. so than Seth, who I think we said was a winner in the pilot. But mm-hmm. like Seth was weirdly cowed by Al, which was interesting to see. Yeah. Um, who else is a winner? Jane's kind of a winner because she kind of gets over her, uh, her issue. She snaps back and finds, um, redemption Mm -hmm. in the course of an episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Doc and, uh, Doc and Dan for sure. Yeah. That, my winner would be Dan. Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't have to kill a little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Uh, always a good day. Yeah. When you don't have to murder a child. Yeah. And, Uh, And Brom is... Probably the biggest loser yeah. so far. He's just yeah. a guy who's continually, like, if winners and losers are, if we look at it as, like, who's successful in Deadwood, he's, like, mm. doesn't have the stuff right. for Deadwood. Whereas yeah. Alma is seeming like she can at least be quiet and smart. Mm. He's like, uh, well, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then I'm going to confront somebody about it, and I'm going to be frustrated by it and know something's off, but then still not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I may tattletale on Al swearing <laughs> yeah. to Wild Bill. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like a, you know, like yeah. the mm-hmm. shittiest Obviously, kid in school. Very smart thing for me to do. He's just a yeah. rich kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a loser for you? Loser. Oh, uh, Tom Mason and Persimmon Phil. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, loser for me, I'm going to put... I'm going to give it to Jane. Uh, because though she did have that kind of redemptionish sort of uh sort of moment, she got broken down mm-hmm. really quick, uh, with little to no effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- I'm gonna I'm gonna give her that dishonor uh for this particular episode, although she'll she'll bounce back. Quite easily. I think he fucks with Jane the same way that he fucks with Seth, which is that he's not afraid of either of them. Yeah. Um, And they're probably used to people being afraid of them. I imagine most places that Jane walks into, Mm -hmm. people seem to be vexed by her. Yeah. Um, And she's so much bluster that no one, people don't fuck with Jane. Yeah. Um, And he's just, he stares her down. Like he's not, there's zero fear. Yeah. Um, And I think that's probably what gets her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she's very vulnerable. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up with some plugs. What do you have coming up? Uh, Dan and I are on an independent improv team called Bat Stevens, and we're performing at Philly Improv Theater in July, Monday nights at 9. Depending on when this comes out, we might only have like a show left or two maybe. And then I I guess moving forward from there, um, we'll probably have some other episodes, but like Fringe stuff is gearing up. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in, in... a thing through a Philly Improv Theater, but it's very early, so I'll I will plug later. But that's the other thing I have <laughs> Ooh, in my head a plug right tease. now. Tease, yeah, future plug. <laughs> I'm plugging uh, my plug at the end of the next episode, <laughs> the next record. Oh, and um, in I think it's the two middle weekends, Friday and Saturday night in August. Uh, Tiny Arson uh, is a sketch team at Philly Improv Theater, and you can see me in that. Cool. And this is Mike. You can follow me on all of the things at Mike Marbach. And you can follow Watercooler at Watercooler, W-O-O-D-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-R. And go to watercooler.com for this podcast and others. 
and go to patreon.com slash watercooler for uh, giving us a few bucks, I guess. <laughs> that's why you would go there uh, for that to happen. And uh, that's all I have. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Rob. Uh, thank you all for listening. Bye.